being young and being in that environment, you don't truly process what you're going through. It's just life. And I think it's so many young people right now living in these kind of conditions where they're not processing what's going on and they doing the best that they can and they don't really have a lot of guidance. As it relates to this tech stuff, we established a social campaign called Tech is the New Trap. If you're involved, you know that the trap used to be about selling drugs and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Now it's about scamming. Scamming has an element yeah. of technology. So tech is now innate to who they are. So we established this campaign, Tech is the New Trap, to reinforce more equitable pathways into tech entrepreneurship and tech careers for at-risk youth and for people of color. Yo, so our guest, flew all the way from Houston to tell you about a legislation that's about to pass that more than likely is going to affect every single person that's watching, especially traditional small business owners. Uh, but on top of that, the good news that this guest also has is that he's developing technology that not only can safeguard those people, but actually can make each of you some money. So you want to make sure you stick around to the end, make sure you are engaged for this, because the guest that we have today is not just a leader in the tech space, not just a founder, but it's someone that is creating some things that is really going to not just impact, but really allow all of us to elevate. Uh, Odie, bro, so happy for you to be on here. Tech is new black, man. Really appreciate you, bro. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, man. So, look, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Uh, a lot of things to talk about. Honestly, we could go so many ways in this conversation. Uh, but one of the things, you know, we were talking behind the scenes about starting out at is just really just your story in terms of who you are. Because people, you know, if y'all look him up on LinkedIn and definitely check him out on LinkedIn, make sure you look at the show notes. Y'all see like, yo, this dude is decorated in tech. He's been doing some crazy, amazing things. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that's really interesting about your story is not just that you're from just the hood. It's a lot, lot of, you know, black people that are from the hood, mm -hmm. but specifically you growing up in East Chicago. Mm -hmm. Now, I was born in East Chicago. I'm blessed enough that I wasn't raised in East Chicago. <laughs> yeah. but I was born there, and I could honestly say that most of my family, actually all of my family, that's from East Chicago. They're, they've either they've either been um, unalived. We got to say unalived because the algorithm. You say the actual word, they, you know, they'll trip on you and shut this video down. But a lot of them have been made unalived. Mm -hmm. uh, many of them are addicts. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of them are in prison. Mm -hmm. And so, bro, you actually grew up there, like. What was life like growing up there and really like what was your mentality like if you look back then do you even think you would have gotten to where you are now? Yeah, I mean where I grew up my environment definitely shaped me to be the person I am now. Okay. I think that it enabled this tenacity and this hustle towards you know accomplishing my goals and making things happen. But to your point, growing up wasn't easy, right? It was truly like the trenches, you know. Uh, my mother gave me away. My grandmother took me in, yeah. but it was like a situation of tough love. So you you grow up, I feel like this, I speak for myself, I grow up thinking that things wasn't wasn't right, you know, mm -hmm. comparatively speaking from what you see, uh, you know, other people go through. So you grow up with a chip on your shoulder, you grow up like trying to navigate life with, with no real sense of direction. And I think it's important for people who's going through that to, to live from the inside out. Like, find your purpose by looking within instead of having external influences affect your decision making. I know that's not easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I fell victim to it, right? I was in gangs. I was kicked out of high school. I was homeless for a time because I was really trying to be something that I wasn't mm -hmm. versus staying true to my purpose, right? So I think it really starts with finding out who you are and then being committed to that path. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, bro, that's that's so real. Like you said, so many facts that I want to make sure people aren't overlooking. But 
Uh, I remember offline we were having a conversation and you were sharing with me because one of the things that made me really curious is like, okay, no one just goes from that to just being where you're at. Like, obviously, there's a lot, like you mentioned, there's a lot that being in that environment put within you and developed within you that you're still using today. But there are also some things that obviously you had to kind of cut out and remove. And I remember you sharing with me a story about when something that happened in your family that mm -hmm. was a pivotal moment where you had to make that transition, where you made mm -hmm. a decision. Yeah. And bro, I would love for you to share with the people like really just that piece of your story, like what happened. Yeah, honestly, uh, when I got kicked out of high school, so mm -hmm. my grandma was raising me and uh, I remember I had to walk home straight from high school. It was like a seven mile walk. And I'm just thinking like, damn, what's gonna happen now? You know but what why, I mean? Why'd you get kicked out of school? I was wilding out, man. <laughs> I was wilding out. Like, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out, but all right, you're yeah, wilding out. Yeah, okay, we get it. Uh, yeah, and um, you know, getting in fights, just, just living young and wild trying to fit in yeah. you know um, and I, it was my senior year that I had enough credits to graduate I kind of just had to fly straight and yeah it, it wasn't going so uh, yeah they kicked me out and uh, I just remember walking home and like yo what's gonna happen now you know mm -hmm. what I mean and when I get home my grandmother you know she was waiting for me by the door and I was like you know she was like they kicked you out right I was like, yeah, they got me. And then she was like, the only reason she was living was to see me walk across the stage. And that was a major blow, you know, um, because like I said, my mother not giving me up and that disappointed my grandmother. So it was like a situation where something had to be, something had to change, Yeah. right? And uh, I remember, I remember taking a shower and just having a conversation with myself, it's like, I got a decision to make to your mm -hmm. point like either i'm all in on this street stuff or you know i'm going to find a way to make it out yeah. and do my best to be be better every day right so i ended up uh getting my ged and listening mm -hmm. to army and uh i want to say about a week before i went to basic she ended up passing so it was really she was really speaking truth when she wait, told so, me that. Wait, she passed a, yeah. a week after you walked the stage? A, a week before a week I went before. to basic. Ooh. So I didn't even get to make the funeral, but I know she wanted me to be yeah. greater. You exactly. know what I mean? So yeah. I ended up going and serving. So yeah, it's it's interesting because like being young and being in that environment, you don't truly process what you're going through. Mm -hmm. It's just life. You know what I mean? And I think it's so many young people right now living in these kind of conditions where they're not processing what's going on and they're doing the best that they can and they don't really have a lot of guidance, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, it's absolutely, like, tough. And I think we have to do more culturally to prepare our young folks, you know, mentally and make sure that they have the, the necessary resources to, to be prepared for the next level in life. Yeah, yeah. that's so far. Yeah. That's so far. Now, look, y'all let me know. Like, let me know in the comments if y'all resonate with the pieces he's saying, specifically what you resonate with. Uh, because there's so many elements, even if you're a person where you didn't grow up in the hood, you know, even if it's the element like, you know, the, the loss, uh, the loss of his grandmother and just that moment. Because, I mean, some of y'all didn't grow up in the hood and that's totally fine. But many of us maybe like we're living wild lives one way or another when we were younger. And there was some pivotal moment in our life that like really shook us, really allowed us to make that change or that switch. You know, even some of y'all, you might be adults and the switch came once you started getting interested in being in the tech industry. Definitely let us know in the comments, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So we definitely want to hear from y'all. Uh, so, so you transitioned into the military mm. and you specifically the army. Now, what was that like? Because 
I know, like, that transition, like, going into the Army, especially, like, leaving from the hood and getting into the Army, like, yeah. like what was that like and what did that what did that do to you? Yeah, honestly, it, it helped provide a lot of that guidance and balance, right? Mm-hmm. It helped me to know that there's a world bigger than just my neighborhood, right, which was pivotal. But uh, in all honesty, I was still one foot in, one foot out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think it's an identity shift more than mm-hmm. anything. It's a mental paradigm shift of... Who you, uh, who you're influenced to become, and who you're ultimately trying to become, like yeah. who you're in pursuit and process of becoming. So yeah, when I joined the military, I was actually in the guard. So uh, I actually had to okay. go back home, you know, and I still got, still was in the same environment, so still doing a lot of the same things. But there still was this, this pull for me to, you know, evolve, mm-hmm. right? And what I realized is that, you know. The, easy, the more that you let go, the easier the path of you evolving becomes, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I hope that answered the question. Yeah. No, that definitely answered the question. So, what? So, when you were in the military, that's when you started first learning about cybersecurity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so you didn't go to like a traditional. I mean, I guess it was a school in a way because you had schooling. Yeah. What while you were in the military? Cause I mean, the, the time we, I think we got in around the same time. Yeah. So it was around the, the time of the. It was during wartime. It was yeah. either war in Iraq or Afghanistan. I'm assuming you might have been in for a little bit of both. Yeah. What did you see change in cybersecurity around that time, and maybe even since since now? Like, what's yeah. happened in the industry? Man, so much, so much. We really. Uh, I mean, we just entering a, a new evolution of a digital era right now, especially yeah. as it relates to cybersecurity. I think cybersecurity is one of those, uh, I would just say, areas that a lot of people don't know about, like how mm-hmm. important your data is yeah. and how companies make money off your data. And we'll speak more to that a little bit later. Okay. But securing your data is is paramount to, to, to so much um, as it relates to your privacy and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So, um, you know, what I've seen when I first started, it has been an evolution such as like blockchain, yeah. and we're starting to see Web3 take place, uh, but it, it's just a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, opportunity in what regards? I mean, from, uh, I would say, the capacity of your career, yeah. right? Like, you can uh, learn the tenets of cybersecurity in your first job, you can make 50, 60, even $70,000, mm-hmm. depending on you know, what hands-on training you get, what certifications you get, mm-hmm. what real-world experience you bring to the table, yeah. and how you're able to articulate your value, mm-hmm. right? So there's absolutely opportunity there. And don't get, like, uh, don't run away from it being overly technical because once you learn the principles, it, it, it's very uh, intuitive to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, so I know a lot of people, for those of y'all that are, that are in tech right now, um, I definitely want you to kind of talk about this a bit. Do you... Because there are some people that are in tech now um, that they're kind of trying to figure out, you know, what to put their money into. Do you think that people investing in cybersecurity companies, like, that that's, like, a, a smart route to go? Like, this ain't, like, professional investment advice, I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. But I know that cybersecurity companies mm-hmm. are booming. Mm-hmm. And most people aren't really looking at them or thinking about them in that way. Mm-hmm. What do you think in terms, this is just a, a real question, like in terms of like if someone wants to invest in those types of companies? I mean, if you ask me, the real move is cybersecurity insurance companies. Okay. Right. And I say that because just like how all businesses have to have general liability insurance, yeah. 
I foresee in the near future, all businesses requiring cybersecurity insurance. Cybersecurity insurance. All right, so I'm sure most people here understand what cybersecurity is, but I want to assume everybody does. We've had on guests before, but there's a lot of people that are watching, listening right now, but it's their first time. So one, can you explain really briefly what is cybersecurity to make sure everybody's clear? And then next, if you can explain to all of us, including me, what yeah. is cybersecurity insurance? Yeah. A simplified way to think about cybersecurity is it is the protection of digital assets such as data, uh, systems, devices, mm -hmm. you know, ensuring that, that they're protected, right? Yeah. And then in terms of a cybersecurity insurance company, uh, it's it's ultimately insurance in the event of a breach or an incident okay. in which uh, data is compromised, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, data is the lifeblood of all business nowadays. So you take away data, you don't really have a business. Mm -hmm. You require data to make the most informed decisions about your products, your services, yeah. and engage with your, uh, your customers. Mm -hmm. So uh, that just shows a little bit of, of why data is so valuable and why it has to be protected in order to remain viable as a business. If you're interested in breaking into a six-figure career in tech or scaling to over half a million dollars in tech, then this video is for you. If not, then just swipe away. But I was able to break into the tech industry October 2021, and in my first year, I scaled to over half a million dollars in tech. My second year, I was able to gross over a million dollars. More importantly, I was able to freely help over 600 people break into six-figure tech careers as well and scale further in the industry. Now, the number one question I've been getting from people is how was I able to do this? How was I able to make so much money? How was I able to also help as many people as I've been able to help? Well, aside from doing coaching calls and trying to spend a whole bunch of time helping people individually, I've decided to create the Tech Rich program, where I literally break every single thing down that I've done and what I've been doing to show others how they can break into tech faster or scale to over half a million dollars plus within their first few years in the tech industry as well. All you gotta do, click the link in my bio. All the information's there. Check out the description. Message me if you have any other questions. And I'll see you on your journey scaling in tech. That's so far. I know that a lot of companies have lost billions of dollars whenever they've gotten hacked or whenever they didn't have like proper protection in place. Like, are you familiar with what happened recently? You, you probably know about more stories, way more stories than I do, because you actually are in the cybersecurity. But if you about the story recently with what happened in Vegas with MGM and uh, Caesar's, uh, I want to say it was Caesar's Palace or whatever, whatever that uh, that hotel chain is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what, like what exactly happened with that? I don't have all of the uh, details about the breach, but what I can say, generally speaking, is that uh, there are two main, I would say, high risk areas as it relates to cybersecurity, mm -hmm. in my opinion. The first is supply chain risk. Okay. Right. So it doesn't matter if you're a Fortune 500 company, if you're doing business with a company that has a poor cybersecurity maturity, mm -hmm. that then becomes a point of vulnerability. So they don't have to attack you directly, yeah. they attack you through your supply chain. Okay. Right? I never heard about that. I, I've, known about, yeah. I've known about hackers attacking companies through their their employees like they'll send them an email yeah. and and the employee of course they're using their they're using their yeah. work computer or even if it's their personal computer but they're logged into their company site them clicking on a certain link 
automatically the hackers are able to infiltrate in yeah. all the way through. But yeah. I've never heard about it from the the suppliers. Like what? Like how does that look? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it could look so many different ways. It could look the way that you described it as well, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, say if there, I know there's a, a company that was breached due to the relationship with an HVAC company. Right, and that HVAC company they didn't have a cybersecurity culture and cybersecurity awareness, wow. right? So they were able to get breached, and then that affected the the, the their main their main uh, relationship with that corporate, right? I bet, I bet corporate was like, bro, we don't, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that is why a lot of legislation is going to be kind of happening at the federal level, at the state level. We already have the CMMC, which is the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, and that is uh, by the DOD, and uh, it's requiring that all of their vendors comply with, I think, a level two uh, cybersecurity compliance yeah. uh, in order to continue doing business with the Department of Defense, mm -hmm. right? So if we're starting to see the federal agencies do it, and then we're starting to see privacy laws like the CCPA out in California, then it's only a matter of time before everyone incorporates it and it becomes a new standard. To your point about how it's a risk to the SMB, the small medium business market, is that the, those companies don't necessarily have cyber teams. Right? Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a large demand for cybersecurity uh, professionals and being able to meet this new standard of business mm -hmm. of protecting data and data insurance. Yeah. Man, that makes so much sense. You know, I remember you telling me offline about uh, about um, the, the likelihood of legislation getting passed, rolling down here, because things are already being implemented. And it's like, okay, there definitely looks like it's gonna be a trickle effect, especially in that example that you just gave, like crazy example, where there's a larger corporate, uh, larger corporation and a small vendor or supplier, like you mentioned, they're so small, them being a small to medium sized business, they're not thinking that they need a cybersecurity yeah. firm, but then the corporation has one because they understand the value of it. Yeah. But because a small company that, that they're working with didn't have it, mm -hmm. it ended up still being able to infiltrate the big company. So it makes sense that huge corporations would require you know, any like if suppliers come in and say, hey, we want to work with your corporation, you know, it would make a lot of sense that they would say, hey, you have to have some type of cybersecurity insurance mm -hmm. in order to work with us. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, with small to medium sized businesses, and they, well, I was thinking, I'm gonna be transparent with y'all, when he and I were talking uh, behind the scenes, you know, I'm thinking like about barbershops. I'm thinking, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, hair mm -hmm. salons, uh, nail salons, you know, um, a variety of others. Not saying that those are the only types of businesses that we have, uh, but just those are just some mm -hmm. of them thinking of off the top of my head and I'm thinking like yo and I mean we could take it further we could say okay if someone is a I'm thinking about even you know Eric mm -hmm. you know Eric being a video director videographer he has a lot of clients you know Eric might you know be working with different corporate companies where mm -hmm. eventually they might say hey because you're downloading files and uploading files and sending us files we have to make sure mm -hmm. that you as a as a as an individual as as an um, individual small business owner yeah. you know we have to make sure you have cybersecurity insurance to make sure none of your files get corrupted and corrupts our entire organization and business and costs us billions of dollars yes. and so that's why it's such a scary conversation to me but also something that really just something that kind of leads into like, yo, like what people can do about this. Yes. I mean, your proximity to sensitive data matters, yeah. right? Uh, and corporates, they have their third-party security programs and they have these assessments before you even get onboarded, 
right? Uh, so they're able to kind of have a better understanding of what your cybersecurity maturity looks like, mm -hmm. but it is a disqualifier, right? So if it's too low or if it doesn't meet their standard, then you're not gonna be able to have business, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important for us all to evolve and, and have that maturity and, and have access to the cybersecurity professionals to uh, have sustainability. Yo, that's, that's so real. Look, I wanna know from y'all, uh, let us know in the comments, like, what do you think about this? Like, do you, do you believe that this is something that's of importance, like how he's talking about? Again, I always ask, do y'all believe this is some pie in the sky stuff? Y'all know we don't, we don't talk about a lot of theoretical stuff, but we always talk about things that are facts or things that are high probability uh, with, with things that are happening with technology and government. All these new laws are being passed. The government's trying to figure out new laws and regulations around AI. It's such a strange thing because no one owns AI, so they don't really know like what to do with it. And it's just so much that's happening in this space. But I definitely want to know from y'all. Let us know in the comments. Also, uh, I meant to say this earlier. Make sure you know y'all liking the stuff. Show some love. Subscribe as well. We noticed that over 70% of y'all that watch our content, you know, we appreciate y'all popping in, but over 70% of y'all are not even subscribed yet. So we had over, over 100,000 subscribers, about 120-something thousand right now at the time of this recording. And most of our viewers still ain't subscribed. So go ahead and hit that subscription button, yeah. especially if you want to learn more, like hear content like uh, like what you're hearing right now from, uh, from Odie. Uh, so, bro, I want to kind of like pull back a little bit and spring forward and kind of like touch on something when it comes to both the hood, the military, whatever, is that, you know, for the people that are listening to this, you know, and I, I don't want to keep just jumping back to those that, that live in the hood, but thinking about, okay, those that live in the hood, like, a lot of people are in my DMs sometimes, they'll DM me and... I can, I can tell their mindset. You know, you can tell someone's mindset sometimes when they're messaging you. Yeah. And they'll hit me up and they'll be like, you know, hey, bro, you know, what's, what's all this tech stuff? You know, hit me. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get this bag, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'll ask them. I said, well, what are you interested in doing in tech? And mm -hmm. they're like, well, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to get the bag. And I'll click on their profile, go to their page. And, and I... I don't fully know them, yeah. but just judging from their social media, yeah. you know, they, you know, they, they got the racks of ones yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, all their pictures, they, they, you know, they flipping a bird, flipping a bird yeah. and, you know, they got guns that they holding up and yeah. all this stuff. And I'm just like, man, yeah. I was like low key. And again, I could be, I know, I know I'm wrong about some of them and I ain't wrong about most of them. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, you a young bro in the hood yeah. or a young girl in the hood. Yeah. And you just are trying to go after some money, which I respect that. I'm for the for chasing the bag too. Yeah. But some of them, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Some yeah. of them, I tell them, I, I give them the game, but I'm, I tell them like, yo, like, mm. you gotta change more. Yeah. Cause either you're not gonna get in this industry yeah. with whatever mindset and lifestyle you live in, or two, you definitely ain't gonna stay in this industry or grow in this industry. Mm -hmm. And. I want, I feel you could, you could break this down better than even I can. What would you say? Let's say, okay, it's, it's you and us talking. Let's, let's like pretend like the, the camera, the camera here is, you know, a young bro who's sitting here listening to the conversation. He looking at us thinking like, oh man, y'all killing it. Y'all doing this, doing that. Put me on that tech stuff. What would you communicate to him or her that could help them learn what steps they can start taking to start having a mindset shift and really grow and mature before they start pursuing being in this industry. Yeah, I mean, that was me. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? Like, I was that guy that, I would just say is misguided. That's the easy way to say it. Yeah, that's facts. You know, and what I realized, like what I said in the beginning, is living from the inside out 
is discovering who you are outside the external influence, yeah. then committing yourself on that path. As it relates to this tech stuff, we uh, we we established a social campaign called Tech is the New Trap because yeah. that's what it is. You feel me? Yeah. Like. If you know, if you if you if you you know if you involved, you know that uh, the trap you know it used to be about selling drugs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now it's about scamming. Scamming has an element yeah. of technology. That's these, true. These young people, they grew up with phones in their hand. Yeah. You know, they know how to work. You know, a tablet by the time they're three years old. So tech is now innate to who they are. Mm-hmm. So we established this campaign. Tech is the new trap. Is, is and what we're doing with it is we're leveraging our music, our art, our entertainment yeah. to reinforce more equitable pathways into tech entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and tech careers for at-risk youth and for people of color, yeah. right? So they can have more guidance, mm-hmm. so they can have more of a systematic solution to put them in the game yeah. versus, you know, I'll be real, there's a lot of people in the industry that's preying on people's ignorance, charging $15,000 for a tech boot camp. Yeah, you know what I mean? Man. Like, that's not yeah. the move. That's not the move. Matter of fact, I'll even share some of the game that we have plans for next year. Okay. So we have something called the National Tech Equity Program. Yeah. And this is a five-phase approach of bridging the, I would say, not just the digital divide, but the technology divide. Okay. Phase one is ACP. So that's the Affordable Connectivity Program, which is an FCC initiative that provides uh, low-cost or no-cost home internet services mm-hmm to uh, low-income households. So basically, you can get home internet for free. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, anybody could right now. You can either go to our link tree uh, on Instagram at techovatrap, tech, O-V-A, trap. Uh, It's in our link tree. Register. We'll help you out, get you enrolled. Or you can go to uh, getacp.com or .org, I believe. I forget which one it is. Y'all tap in with the show notes. Uh, Look at the description. We're going to make sure we got all this information down there. Because, I mean, look... If, if if the tech companies that I worked at wasn't covering my internet, yeah. I definitely would, you know, because look, yeah. if y'all if you ain't in tech or maybe you had a, a tech company that ain't covering your internet, y'all definitely better get in on this because yeah. that's, that's fire. But you look it, at the show notes, we got all the information there. It's a layup. It's one less bill. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. So phase two is getting a laptop device in uh, the homes of the uh, of low-income households, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say low-income households are more likely to have a gaming console than a laptop device. Wow. And it's important to uh, have a laptop because you have to get digital literacy skills in order to be employable, right? And Mm -hmm. that's actually where the next step comes in, which is uh, we partner with the organization that will provide programming for you to get your digital literacy certificate of completion, Mm -hmm. right? So now, just in those first few steps, you got uh, home internet, yeah. You get a laptop. You got digital Yo. literacy skills acquired now. You know what I'm saying? So Jeez. being able to leverage this program is going to get you on your way yeah. to more opportunity. Bro, I love this so much, man. I love so much what you're doing. I remember when um, when I first came across, because obviously y'all know we tech is a new black. And when I first came across tech is a new trap, I was like, yeah. man, what, what, what is this? Yeah. And then I started looking into it. And I was like, oh, this is dope. I was like, they're actually, yeah. and this was before we like formally connected, I think either I saw Text and Trap or maybe it was in the DMs. We talked briefly and I saw it either way. I like looked into it further and I was like, oh, this is like really, like really solid. And when we reconnected later yeah. and you was like, yeah, I'm new Text and Trap. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it all yeah. makes sense now. Absolutely. And that's so fire the resources uh, that you're providing. And yeah, bro, I'm, 
it, it is interesting going back to the point, and, I, and I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to, you know, dog on uh, any any boot camps or nothing. But yeah, I have noticed how a lot of boot camps they're they're not the the expensive ones still aren't the price of college, but they're pricey enough that mm. even I'm like, man, come on, man. Like the whole point of a boot camp yeah. is to be shorter, yeah. you know, at, at least not longer than a year, you know, yeah. be shorter than college and be much more affordable, like a percentage of the cost of college to where it just makes mm. so much sense. So I'm noticing some of them are like creeping up, creeping yeah. up in their prices. I've yeah. seen some that are 20,000, 20. I'm like, bro, at this point, you ain't even a boot camp. At this yeah. point, you basically, you know, you basically a, a school or something like that at this <laughs> point. Right. And so, uh, no, so that, um, that line that you mentioned earlier, that, that really is unfortunate seeing what's happening. Yeah. And cause yeah, cause I, I think I don't, don't want to beat on this drum too much, but I think that many boot camp founders got into it for the purpose of helping people which is you know which is the the goal of of diversity cyber council and, and i want to talk about that in a minute uh but also the goal of tech as a new trap but then others you know like every business wants to make money like you have to make money one way or another because mm -hmm. money is oxygen there's a quote that i heard from alex ramosi where it's like you know the more money you have it's like oxygen you know, to where it's okay, now you can breathe and now you can think clearly, you can do things that you want to do to help people better. But sometimes mm -hmm. it goes from oxygen to where, you know, you get too much oxygen, yeah. you know, then it's like, it's, it's not good for you yeah. overall. You, yeah. know, you get lightheaded. Right. And so, and that's what typically I've noticed and starts to happen over time. It's like, yo, it's good to make money. It's good to get to the bag. It's good to be successful. I would never want to stifle anybody's money. Yeah. But it's like when you're in a field, in a space where you're getting money to help people, but now people can't be helped because yeah. they can't afford, they can't drop $20,000, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's like, all right, are you really trying to help people now? Yeah. Hey y'all, we have some incredible, incredible news that I'm super excited about to finally announce our private tech community. Yes, yes, you heard that right a private tech community exclusively for you all who want more than just the podcast, you want more than just the FAQs, you wanna talk with tech recruiters, you wanna talk with, with hiring managers, you wanna talk with coaches, you wanna talk with people that can help with editing and rewriting your resume. Maybe you're somebody where you just wanna be a part of a community where we're talking about updates of what's happening in the software industry. Y'all, this community that we've launched is also going to involve a Discord where we're gonna be talking about updates in tech, we're gonna be talking about companies that are hiring. We're gonna be talking about upcoming tech events. So that way you don't have to miss any of the gems that I know, but not even just what I know, but the gems that friends of mine that are also in the tech industry know as well. So if you wanna be a part of that community, go ahead and sign up so that way you can join us. We have a few different tiers. Ultimately, it's all tuned in for you. Oh, and last thing, also within this community, we're gonna be streaming all of our interviews with our podcast guests. So instead of you having to wait months to watch the videos later on, you will actually be able to watch the interviews in real time and ask your live questions to those guests. So make sure you join our tech community. So with that, you started Diversity Cyber Council, and I know you mentioned Tech is a New Trap, which falls under the umbrella of Diversity of Cyber Council. Mm. I know when you started it, one thing that really like caught my attention, I thought was kind of crazy, is how when you mm. were first starting it, you said that there was a lot of people doubting you, mm. which is crazy because you were already yeah. making six figures in tech. Yeah. You already proving yourself in corporate. You had already been crushing it and killing it, and yet you still had people doubt that you could start and grow something like Diversity Cyber Council. Like, yeah. what was it like starting it, and also like what was that experience like with people kind of hating or doubting on you? Yeah, I mean, we established. Diversity Cyber Council really as a, uh, 
a result of some of the experiences that we were facing. So okay. our board actually is comprised of other military veterans and technology mm-hmm. professionals, business professionals. And uh, we were just, you know, kind of having a conversation like we see what's going on. We see what's on the way. You know, what can we do within our power? What, what do you mean? Right. You see what's going on. You see what's on the way. Like, like what was on the way? Well, workforce. That's, that sounds cryptic. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. So workforce automation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So workforce automation is a very big deal. And it's actually a huge risk to our national economy as a whole. Okay. Uh, but more so, uh, I would say, in scope of being most affected is underserved communities and communities of color. Yeah, exactly. Workforce automation will ultimately replace a lot of manual jobs with technology. Mm-hmm. And we're already starting to see some of the impacts at our grocery stores. We're starting to see the impacts at our warehouses where yeah. people are being replaced by systems. And, uh, you know, we're having things take place like driverless vehicles, yeah. right? That's going to hurt everybody's side hustle with yeah. Uber are also the trucking industry, yeah. right? We have to think about Even how- Insta- I mean, I, literally, we had Instacart orders come today. Yeah. Eventually, that's going to replace them. That, that, that and robots are going to replace them. Yeah, they're looking for drones to replace all that stuff. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Like, you got you to gotta prepare for what's next, yeah. you know? And I would say in terms of workforce automation, the way to be prepared for what's next is to learn technology skills, yeah. right? And that's where Diversity Cyber Council comes in. It provides an opportunity uh, that's accessible uh, for people from underserved or low-income households. And, of course, we, we make it our, our, our focal point to focus on diversity mm-hmm. because we, we know that's what the game is missing, right? Yeah. Underrepresentation is real in corporate America. Despite all the nice DEI messaging and things of that nature, when you look at the quantitative data, it's lacking, right? Yeah. And me being honest, representation uh, absolutely matters, mm-hmm. but also affiliation matters, mm-hmm. right? Who you are when you're in that position of authority and power matters, right? Mm-hmm. How you're making things more equitable for the communities that you're meant to represent mm-hmm. matters. And unfortunately, like I, <laughs> in establishing uh, the nonprofit, there wasn't a lot of people meeting us ha- halfway, mm-hmm. right? But let this be a message to anyone going out on their own or even taking a step to better themselves. If they not with you, you don't need them. That's you know true. What I'm don't don't fret on. Oh well, I didn't get this help. I didn't get that help. I think that logic and that mentality um, it absolutely creates a barrier to our growth. Mm-hmm. Right? We have to take a different, I would say, a, a perception of the situation mm-hmm. where it's just like, all right, if I don't have these things, I was meant to do it without it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's actually a protection mm-hmm. of why that is not in my life or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Like I had mentioned, yeah. you know, my mother gave me up when I was young, things of that nature, mm-hmm. how that affected me, you know, it is, it's crazy. But then again, I realized as harsh as it, as it sounds, that had to happen yeah. for me to be who I am today. Oh, so crazy. instead of like looking at everything to be so negative and to be so against you, I couldn't even imagine the person I would be if I was still, you know, if yeah. she would have raised me things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. So just try to figure out how to turn adversity into refinement, right? Yeah. I think that's key. Mm-hmm. Yo, man, there's so much you said, like, all the different pieces that you're kind of touching on, my mind went a few different directions. Like even the 
you know, you mentioning like, yo, if what you basically kind of like what you have right now is really all you need. Like first I started thinking about just the story of, of um, Moses in the Bible and how when God first told him, you know, when he was like basically ran away from Egypt after he, he killed that dude and God told him to, you know, eventually after some years, God was like, yo, go back. And Moses was like, you know, I don't I don't have anything. Like, how am I going to go back? And then God said to him, he said, yo, he said, what's that in your hand? And he looked in his hand, all he had was a staff. And God was basically like, yo, that's all you need. And it's like, but with that staff, you know, he was able to, you know, you know, God was able to turn it into a snake. With that staff, you know, he was able to dip it in the Nile and, and, you know, turn it into blood and do all these other miracles with it. And so that was something I remember living off Camelton Road. If anybody's familiar with Camelton Road in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, I, the, the, the complex I was living in, over half the complex was boarded up. And yeah. I mean, I was I was popo. I was broke, broke. <laughs> And um, and I just remember at that point in my life, just I mean like water leaking. I had buckets. It was like making a beat. Like you could hear like the, the water dripping. It was kind of yeah. making a beat into the buckets and yeah. stuff. Like rats kind of running around and things like that. You know, you sleeping at night and you hearing rats scratching at the door trying to trying to get into the room. Like just all of that. And I remember thinking, just in that season of my life, like man, how am I gonna get out of this? Like what 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 can I do? What can I do? And and likewise, God, like literally, I, I had my phone in my hand, mm-hmm. and then God was like, He said, "What do you have in your hand?" And I was like, "It's my phone." Like He's like, "That's all you need. Like use it." And then I started making content around that time, and then yeah. things started growing. And fast forward, he eventually gave me the tools that laid the foundation for what eventually became Tech as a New Black and the community and stuff we had. Yeah. And so, uh, man, so so that piece, and then the piece about you know your mother giving you up, and and how just how your life would have been different. Uh, there's a quote, it's gained a lot of popularity recently, and the quote goes that, you know, hard times makes tough men, mm-hmm. tough men make times soft, mm-hmm. soft times make soft men. Yeah. And you mentioning that, like there, there are so many people listening and watching right now that are, are going through things, whether, whether y'all are broke or whether you're going through things with your family or maybe like a parent gave you up like mm. you know like like your mother gave you up mm. you might be thinking like th- that those are reasons why you can't make it mm. but just like Odie said that actually might be the reason that you can make it and that you actually have the tenacity mm-hmm. to be able to be a person that makes it so so as you were talking about I was just thinking I was like yo man you were saying so much that really was uh was resonating with my heart mm-hmm. but when it comes to the workforce automation, because I want to make sure y'all understand how serious of a topic this is. I don't want that, that to just sound like some cute information. Um, but I have a couple friends. One of them, I'll say his name. I'm not going to say the companies that he's been working that he's been working behind the scenes with. But I'll just say his name so y'all can look him up and y'all see like who like who he is and what he does. Uh, but Ruben Harris. Who's very popular in the tech space? Works a lot with a lot of like high-level founders, uh, VCs, investors, and he was telling me some months ago. And this is why I don't mention the company's names because this is information that at the time wasn't allowed to be made public, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's if it's allowed to be made public yet. But there are, I'll just say, some of the biggest companies in the world that most people don't think of as tech companies. So I'll do that to be very clear. Like you mentioned. Behind the scenes, they are about to do a hard sweep and get rid of all. And I mean, mm-hmm. these companies, I'm not going to say the companies, but I'll just say they're some of the largest employers 
of black and brown people, people that live, um, you know, live basically in poverty and like right above the poverty line. They're mm -hmm. about to do a hard sweep. And mm -hmm. he's he's trying to work with them to, to try to get them to invest in the people that they're about to like fire and let go of in the next few years, like hundreds of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. He's trying to work with them to get them to start basically providing funding or scholarships mm -hmm. for their employees to get into tech. Mm -hmm. But it's been such a st strong like back and forth. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that so that way y'all are very clear, like, you know, you know, because I want to double down because I know some people here and mo yeah. most of y'all, y'all know what we talk about is legit. But I know that for the person that heard what Odie said and you're thinking like, ah, like, what's up? And I'm like, no, 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 this is very legitimate. I mean, really, I think everybody kind of sees it. Mm -hmm. Everyone like if, it's just unfortunately there are people that see it. We know there's people that see it yeah. and they still like put their head in the sand. Right. Or they still think like, oh, oh no, 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 that's not going to really happen. Yeah. Like nobody's going to let that happen. Yeah. And it's like, no, they're going to let it happen. They own that for real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's that's why I love so much what you're doing with Diversity Cyber Council. Tech is a new trap because it's providing like opportunities, resources, knowledge, mm -hmm. and then things where it's a space that we feel accepted, we feel comfortable, we feel like we can thrive in. Mm. And I love that so much and appreciate you doing that. Mm. Now, I know aside from this, because realistically, everyone is not going to be able to get a job in tech. Like, mm. you know, y'all know I say like the, the majority of you can, uh, but not everyone, because everyone, realistically, everyone's not a hard worker and everyone is not, everyone just doesn't want to be in tech. Mm. And like, I have a, I have a, uh, one of my, I'm not going to say which family member it is, um, but I have a, a close family member, close relative, where I've talked to him multiple times. Like, bro, please get in tech. Like, bro, what are you doing? Like, he, he lives in he lives in the hood. Yeah. I'm like, bro, like, I do this, this, get in tech, yeah. and my heart breaks for him. And but when we had a conversation about something, some something that you're actually building and working on, some technology yeah. that's going to allow people to have a basically income. Yeah. And this is a piece I was mentioning earlier. Odie, bro, I love if you can just really break down. I don't even want to start talking about it because I will fumble even explaining what it is. <laughs> yeah. But if you could like break down for people the, the technology that you're working on, and you mentioned yeah. earlier identification and yeah, yeah. you know obviously cybersecurity and people hacking people, making probably stealing information from you. Yeah. But you mentioned a way that people can actually monetize that stuff. Yeah. Like what? Like what is that? And what does that look like? All right, so before I get into that technology, I want to give some free game, right? Yeah. Go ahead. So anyone looking to break into tech. I want you to go to Google and I want you to type in WILA. WILA is the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act. Okay. And essentially it's a pool of federal funding that will uh, be provided to anybody who qualifies to get like a voucher of five or $7,000 to get upskilled in technology and other critical workforce areas yeah. as well. So that could be some game that Ruben can use. That's a real you know good saying? game. Like, or, or anyone who's looking to break in the industry. So yeah. instead of paying out of pocket, if you qualify, if you're considered low income or government assistance, uh, you can leverage WIOA. If you live in, if you're a Georgia resident, you want to go to, actually, if you're a resident of Atlanta or greater Atlanta, you want to go to uh, atlworks.org. Okay, yeah. And that's where you start the process to get mm -hmm. your WIOA voucher. So definitely look into that, take the first step, and then reach out to people. Uh, if you don't have all the answers or if Google ain't working for you, reach out to people in industry, see if they can mentor you or ask specific questions. Mm -hmm. And also realize that 
you know, you got to put that work in. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yes. It's not Please tell people that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to come to you. You got to make it happen. Yeah. You got to attend the events. You got to network. You got to put yourself out there and become more visible. And you got to learn the craft. Yeah. You know so what I'm saying? Much. It's all about learning the craft, learning the skill set, learning the lingo, learning the, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's major. Yeah. Well, real yeah. quick, I want to, uh, before you get over to the technology, I want to, for those of y'all, because you mentioned earlier that, you know, certain qualifications, being lower income and other factors, I want to say this to y'all. If you apply and y- you basically don't meet those qualifications, share it with somebody like share this share that information with someone share this this episode with someone share this because if it's not for you it's okay that means that that you heard this information so you could provide it to someone else so it could be a blessing for them and god will definitely bless you and take care of you for doing that Uh, so i just wanted to make sure that you know we're not being hoarders where we're thinking okay it's for me if it doesn't work out for you and you're like, okay, bump it. So I know share with other people that you believe actually would qualify for. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to uh, share that piece. But, but bro, no, thank you for that. Thank you for all that free game. You've been dropping a lot of uh, really yeah. amazing free game. Uh, but yeah, bro, if you could please uh, go into the, the technology that you're working on. No doubt. So we mentioned earlier that data is a high value asset. Yeah. Right. And we're all data owners. Right. Mm. Like what you mean by that? We're all data owners. Oh, we all data owners. So your yeah. personal data, you own that. Right. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, my own personal stuff. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Even your opinion, even your preferences, you can get oh, paid. Oh, data. Right? Because companies want that information so they can sell something to you online. Oh, exactly. that's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So, right now, we're working on a technology called digital identity tokens. And okay. it's actually going to have, it's going to solve multiple use cases. But ultimately, we're leveraging blockchain as a way to enable. Uh, people to monetize their data, right? Oh, yeah, okay. So think of it like this. Um, I have a coin, and it serves as my uh, centralized data record, right? Okay, yeah. And every time I share my coin with a third party, whether it be a corporate or whatever, uh, in order to process that data, they have to pay me a fee. Yeah. Right. They're already, they're, they already doing they're, it. They're already, no, they're, they're just, monetizing just not, our data already. But we, every, every time they access our data, they ask us, right? It's like, oh, okay, do you allow cookies or do you allow consent? You know, you got things like GDPR out yeah. in the EU, right? Because data privacy is a real thing. Yeah. Right. And I think we treat it very uh, arbitrarily. Yeah, we do. Because we're so used to the behavior of sharing everything for free. That Those are facts. Yeah. But data, again, is a high value asset. So we should be getting paid for our data. And this technology actually will introduce a way for people to have a universal basic income mm-hmm. just off sharing their data on yeah. the blockchain. Yo, so so you mean to tell me, so there's a, a possibility that in the future, whenever we on a site and it says, hey, we got cookies on this site, you know, do you accept whatever, yeah. that what you're working on is some technology that instead of you just saying, yes, I accept, it can be I accept, but like, yeah. you got to pay me, like, I have to get paid yeah. for you being able to track me and being able to like extrapolate data about me and my preferences. Yes, uh, I would say it's not only is it possible, but I think it's the next evolutionary step in our digital era. Yeah. And I mentioned this, and it actually um, correlates to cybersecurity so much, is because now we've entered a space where uh, it's hard to validate online identity, or almost impossible to validate mm-hmm. online identity when you think about what AI can do, 
AI can mimic my voice. Yeah. It can mimic my likeness. You know, you got rappers right now saying, yeah, uh, AI can yeah, use my voice to make a song, to, yeah. right? But then again, you have to think about how that technique can be compromised, uh, well, can be leveraged to compromise people's lives, right? You got deep fake videos, things of that nature. So not only will this coin enable uh, uh, people to get paid every time their data is processed, it will also uh, serve as uh, online identity verification, right? So now we're eliminating the use of passwords because, you know, you already have, you know, biometrics, right? That's going to be a part of the blockchain process. But, you know, it'll this coin will have a watermark of sorts to say, okay, this is actually, you know, Odie Gray logging in, and yeah. this is his actual video. That's so good because it's 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 uh, you have that non-repudiation, you have that authorization through that coin to know that it's you. 